0: text me I guess Friday Friday morning asked me to to uh, teach this morning and I used to I used to teach some when we were back in the old building back when we was just having one service before we went to two service I did this some on Sunday mornings and I've uh, I've never claimed to be a preacher and, uh, and he would he would get me to teach but he's good about trying to get you out of your comfort zone anyway and and he would do that, and I, and I said, "Okay, Pastor, but I tell you, you gotta you gotta give me some notice if you want me to do it. You know, it takes me a while to get prepared, and I have to. I want to study it out. I'm not like, you know, some of these preachers around right here, Brother Shorter and Brother Tom, and Brother George. When I mean, you know, in the moment's notice, they can come up here and throw down. But I'm not. I'm not that person. You know, I want to be prepared and 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 study for a little while. I know Brother Eberhart's." Dad, Brother Grady heart. I know several of y'all sat under his ministry in his church. He was a great man of God, and he uh, pastored a great church in Milstead. And every year, they had a camp meeting, and people came from, come from all over the country to this camp meeting, and uh, they, had, uh, they would stay there. They would stay there for the whole week and enjoy the camp meeting. And he would, uh, you know, he, he had speakers and all that he would bring in, We he always left one night open. And uh, that night that he left open uh, he would get there and he would decide he'd see who was there and he would decide who was gonna preach at that moment and so he would go tell the preacher tonight I feel like you're you're the preacher you're the one tonight and that was was the way he flowed and uh, I remember one night in particular my dad my dad several times was one of those speakers but this particular night he wasn't on the list and uh, he came to my dad and uh, and said tonight, so you're preaching. Well, my dad didn't even have a Bible with him, and uh, so he just leaned up to the person in front of him and asked him, "Can I can I borrow your Bible?" And so he gave him his Bible, and, and then come time to preach, my dad went up there and you know, he preached the house down for 45 minutes. Uh, some people can do that. That's about me. But that that that, that being said, so when when the pastor texted me this this Friday morning and asked me if I would do it. Uh, Immediately, I mean, I, I say immediately, with, within 60 seconds, God put a thought in my mind. And uh, it's, it's normally not, not like that for me, and I replied, yes, I'll do it. And, uh, and, and God has been dealing with me something today, and, uh, and I'm hoping it'll help us all today. Um, if we would turn to our Bibles, to and you can remain seated. I know you're tired and worked all week. And to Romans, the eighth chapter. We're going to read verses 31 through 39. Romans eight thirty-one through 39. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his son, own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I want to go back to the first verse that I read. Is where i'm going to take the title today what shall we then say to these things if god be for us who can be against us and i've titled this study today god is on my side and i i am glad to know that god is on our side and just over the the next few minutes i just want to remind us all that god is still on our side all right. Let's just let's just pray right now. God, we thank you, Lord, for your word, the reading of your word. God, I pray that you would bless it. I pray that it would go forth and it would it would take foul ground, Lord, and that you would anoint me today. And I'll give you all the praise for it in Jesus' name. Everybody shout amen. Amen. Um uh, the past year and a half, I guess the the latter part of or the beginning of two thousand twenty. On to the beginning of 2021 has been, for us, probably one of the the roughest times I know in my life lifetime, and probably most of most of ours, most most anybody here probably have not really seen a time like we have, where the where the world was just basically gripped and shut down. Uh, it's it's the with the, with the pandemic that came along and, and the and the repercussions and everything that happened after that, and at the same time all of the the political unrest that was going on, and it's just it's like it's like you know our, our hearts have just been gripped sometimes, and sometimes yeah it, it was a little scary of what was going on and not knowing the the uncertainty of what was going to happen and 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 what was what was all going on and the the uh, the, the government came in and uh, tried to to help to try to do some things, you know, as far as they can see, and some of the things that they did were good things. They, you know, they uh, they made money available to struggling businesses who were who were without it probably would have went out of business because they sh- the government had shut everything down. So they they basically had to do this, and that helped a lot of struggling businesses stay in business. But they also did some other things that you, you know they they did the. the an unemployment where the, where the federal government came in and said you know because you can't work right now because your business is closed we're going to give you six hundred dollars a week in addition to what the state was given when the state of Georgia that happened to be three hundred sixty five dollars so all of a sudden you were getting nine hundred and sixty five dollars a week to stay home and if that was for a short period of time you know that probably would have been pretty good but what happened was it things started coming back up and you kept getting that money. So you've got individuals, and, and maybe some of you were the same ones, and I'm not knocking you at all, but who may have been making $15, $16 an hour if you were working, and you could stay home and make $24 an hour. So I don't think none of us are dummies. We're going to stay home and make $24 an hour. And it's natural to do that. So later the federal government, they backed off, and they changed it to $300 that they were going to kick in, in addition to the states, which now made it $665 a week. Well, you're still at about $17 an hour to stay home. And the effects that that had was it crippled the business community. Uh, If you you go, even now, you go ride through Loganville or any, i am just mentioning Loganville because I hadn't even really noticed in Loganville, but I guarantee it's the same way. You ride through any town right now, there's help wanted signs everywhere. In my own local community, it's, that's the way it is. There's help wanted signs everywhere. I've been a running, running ads in my own business for, for weeks now for help wanted. I've had two people to apply. I've hired both of them. But, but I'm still, you know, it's just not a lot of choices. There's not not a lot of options there. If you have somebody to to apply, you're probably going to hire them because there's not a lot of people out there looking for jobs because they can make so much money to stay home. And the federal government did... And this is not political, y'all. I'm not not up here being political or anything. But but the federal government did some good things, but I think sometimes they failed to see the end result of what was going to happen to some of the choices they made. I believe, you know, I, I, I give them the benefit of the doubt. Most people, when they go into go into office and they run for office i think they have good intentions they're wanting to do things that's going to make things better for their their fellow men that some of them get corrupted once they get into office but for the most part i think they have good intentions when they go into office now they have different views you have one side that says this is the way to do it and you have another side that says this is the way to do it and uh so you know there's different views of how but their intentions are good and I pray for our I pray for our leaders. The, the Bible tells us to do that to, to pray for those that are in charge and our leaders. And I think we should do it. And 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 I do that. But I don't have faith. I can't put my faith and my confidence in the government. You know, Ronald Reagan said the most the nine most terrifying words in the English language was, um, how, "How was he said? He said, i 'I'm from the government and I'm here to help.'" And I I tend tend to believe that, you know. (laughs) And and that's the way it happens a lot of the times because the government can't see what's going to happen. Unintentional unintentional, uh, effects of of, of the laws and the the bills that they pass. So anyways, we've, we've bumped along pretty good. And then all of a sudden, what have we heard in the last two weeks? It's coming back. We thought everything had gotten better. And now the Delta variant is coming back and you know we already there's nobody here that has not been unaffected by this this pandemic Uh, not only in jobs we we look at more serious stuff there's been lives that have been lost everybody here probably knows somebody who lost their life or knows of someone who lost their life through this pandemic many of us have been sick i've 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 had it i was sick a lot of you have had it was sick uh we've all went through that and and just when we thought it was all improving all of a sudden, it's back. And if we depended on the government to fix those things, my faith would be shaken today. But my faith is not in the government. My faith is in Jesus. This morning, listen to what Jesus said in Matthew six, verse twenty, beginning in twenty-five. He says, "Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. It is not life." more than meat, and the body than raiment? Behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not. Neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit to his statue? And why? why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these." Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is today and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not more clothe you? O ye of little faith, therefore take no thoughts, saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed. For all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all of these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thoughts for tomorrow." For tomorrow shall take thought of the things of itself sufficient unto the day of evil thereof. We serve a God who is on our side. He has promised to take care of us. It's so easier for us to worry about these things. It's natural for us to worry. When we play things out in our mind. You know, we say, "You know, what if this don't end?" I, I was uh, my wife. She teaches. She teaches Sunday school over there. She did a questionnaire last week. With our with their kids. And she was reading some of the of the things that they answered this morning when we was coming to church. And one of the questions was, What are you afraid of? One of the kids wrote, I'm afraid this COVID will never end. And and that's and that's how that's how Satan will do. He'll put things in our mind. And, play, and we'll play out scenarios with them. You know, what if, what if I lose my job? What if my, what if my plant closed? You know, what am I going to do? Am I going to lose my house? I'm going to do all these things. But we got to remember that we don't have to worry about these things because we have someone who's in control. You know, I, I, I own and operate a, a printing company now for many years. And through, throughout the years, we've had times when our equipment went down. We have a lot of equipment in there, and some of the some of the times we can we can fix things. Most most of the simple stuff we fix because we have to. Everything's on deadline. You have to be running, but occasionally we'll have a problem that we just can't fix. We had one recently. Just just a three or four months ago, and we, we had a, a component in, in one of our presses, and it kept going down. And I would bring somebody. I got local electricians, different people who who's thought the thought. You know, they might be able to help us. They would come in, and they would look at this problem, and they would work on it. And, you know, I'd give them $200, $250. They'd leave, but they'd think they'd have it. Well, in two days, boom, it would do it again. And it was one of those ongoing problems we just could not get solved. And I worried about this thing, and I struggled with it trying to, because we, we were missing deadlines. It was just, you know, it was, it, it was on our money-making press, and it was just, this thing just kept on going. So finally, I, I said, let's call the company who made this thing. And it just so happens it was a, a German-made machine. So we had to call them. They said, okay, we'll come, but before we even get in our car, you're going to send us 1500 $1,500. And then once we get there, we'll start the clock, and and we'll you know we'll take care of you know all all your problems and everything. So we did that. We we finally just did that, and they came, and they was there within probably two and a half three hours. They had the problem solved, and let me tell you why. Because they made the machine. Yeah. They knew everything that could go wrong with it. They knew all about it. And they was able to fix it in just a short amount of time. And we've had no problems with it whatsoever. I and mean, it was very, something very simple, actually. It was something that everybody else missed. But they knew. And we serve a God that's the same way. Who better to go to him when we're in time of trouble? We've got a friend, somebody who's on our side, that'll stay with us and be with us. He knows everything about us. He made us. He's the one we should be going to. And how is this, you know, much different for the thing we call life? I mean, we we struggle like that. We worry about things, but God is always fighting for us. We don't have to worry. There's there's an old song, and and I apologize in advance. I I'm one of those people who I, I can't hardly put two or three sentences together without bringing a song to my mind. And uh, and unfortunately for you, most of those songs are old songs. But I guess because maybe it's because I'm getting old, but. Uh, but I, I thought about the old song uh, yesterday, Was and I haven't heard this in many, many years. Some of y'all might know it, but why worry about tomorrow? Why worry when your steps grow slow? If your life has been spent for Jesus, you don't have much further to go. Be strong now. And keep on working. Don't be angry when things don't turn out right. Don't give up, for it's almost over. All signs are pointing toward home. And then the course is for the next hand you shake could be the hand of the savior, and the next step you take could be on streets of purest gold. Now, some of y'all know that song, don't you? Some of y'all are old too. <laughs> But, you know, we, we, we think about those things. I mean, we, uh, it, it comes to my mind how we worry about stuff. But God, we're serving a God who's on our side, and he's in control. I want to read in, Jer- or, or in Jeremiah, the 29th chapter. Um, for sake of time, I'm not going to read all of this. But basically, God's chosen people had been taken captive. captive. And um, so everything that they knew about life had changed. Uh, They had they had been doing their own thing living in their own land. All of a sudden they're captives of another of another nationality and So God prophesied through Jeremiah and he tells them, he says look You're in this you're in this situation and you're gonna be here for a while But this is what I want you to do and I think these are instructions The reason I'm doing I believe these are instructions that we can live by today He said this is what I want you to do. I want you to build houses I want you to live in those houses. I want you to plant gardens. In other words, I want you to grow food. I want you to take care of yourself. He said, I want you to have children. And I want your children to get married. Or first he said, I want you to get married. And I want you to have children. And then he said, I want your children to get married. So they can give you some grandchildren. And I I like that right there. He was all about the grandchildren. That's right. And and so, so that's what he said. He said, you... You live your life just like you've been doing. And then he goes on to say, and I think this is powerful right here. He says, I want you to pray for peace in the city where you live. Yeah. And he says, if you do, you will have peace. Now, how many times, you know, he, he didn't say, I, I want you to pray that you're going to get out of this situation, that you're going to get out of this city. He said, I want you to pray for the peace where you're at right now. And I think that's good for us. We're, we might be here for a minute. We might be in this pandemic for a minute. But if we'll pray to God for peace where we're at right now, God can give us peace. We don't understand. It's peace that passes all understanding. We don't understand where that peace comes from. But God can give us that peace. And then he goes on. In the the 29th chapter, the 11th verse of Jeremiah, he says, and and you've probably all heard this scripture before. It's very familiar. He says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. God already knows how this thing is going to end. The mess you are in now, God knows how it's going to end. And this is confirmed in Isaiah the 46th. Chapter and verses 9 and 10 in Isaiah's prophesied, he says, I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning. Do you get that? God knows at the very beginning how it's gonna end. He knows how your situation is gonna turn out. All we've got to do is put our trust in God. We've got to trust him. You know, we, we might not know how it's gonna work out. Sometimes we're faced with, with situations and we have no idea how this is going to be resolved. Things we're facing in the world today, this this Delta, Delta virus. You know, the political unrest we've, we've been facing, he knows how all that's going to end. We don't. He does. Or maybe it's a relationship that you have or a financial situation or a health concern. You know, I can't tell you how it's going to be fixed. But the one whom we have our faith in, he already knows. He knows how it's going to, it's going to end. I, I had I had an employee that come to me on Friday, and he uh, he's showing me something on his cell phone. He says, "Can you look at? Can you got time to look at this?" And I said, "Yeah," and so he's he's showing me this news clip, and I'm not sure where it came from, and and it's talking about that the, the federal government had, has plan or making plans now to shut everything down in two weeks. You know, I don't I don't know where that thing came from. I don't you know. Uh, you can read about anything you know what's on the internet and it's got to be true but you can read anything like that on the internet and he says what are we going to do and i said we're going to do what we've been doing we're going to come to work we go you know we're going to keep keep doing what we can do as long as we can do it that's right i i I refuse to be paralyzed by fear because i know that god is on my side you know in life we're going to go through tough times we're going we're going to go through valleys there's there's an old Arab parable that says all sunshine and no rain makes a desert, and in the in the natural that's true. I mean, if it if I love sunshine as much as any of you, but if it just if you're just looking at the sun all the time, the sun's shining, you have a beautiful day. Before long, everything's going to dry up. If you don't have any rain, you got to have those clouds, and you got to have the rain come along to to produce food and to and, and, and all of that and, and, but it's the same way in our, in our life, you know, life is the same way it, it takes good times and bad times to make a mature person life is just, it's a mixture of, of pain and pleasure and victory and defeat of success and failure you know, of mountaintops and dark valleys, so you know, when you're going through one of these low places I want you to remember who's on your side remember that he's already declared the ending Peter said in First uh, Peter five and seven said, "Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you." To me, that's just absolutely amazing that God cares for me. Make it personal. God cares for you. Think about that. But I mean, we're talking about the Creator of the universe, and He knows me and He cares for me. That that blows my mind. You know, I, I've met I've met a number of, of famous people. A few people in my life just in in passion are are different things. And uh, I I know a few years ago I sang at a wedding, and Larry Munson, the voice of the dog. You all know Larry Munson? He's he's a legend, you know, in Georgia, uh, if you're a Georgia Bulldog fan. And he was at the wedding, and I got to meet him after the wedding and and shake his hand. And, you know, that that was pretty cool. And it was just it it was kind of like, you know, when he he was kind of walking through, everybody just, you know, just, wow, that's Larry Munson. You know, it was just uh, it was it, it was pretty amazing. And um, then one time I was back in, the, in in the '80s, we had a customer, Oxford Bookstores in Atlanta, Georgia, and I had I had to go meet with the client there. And uh, I walked in, and it was just small room where I went into. And I walked in, and as soon as I opened the door, sitting right there in front of me was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And he was sitting there. And you, if you don't know who he is, he's a he was an NBA legend. He he. Was in the NBA for 20 years. He's still the all-time leading scorer in the NBA, even to this day. And he was sitting there at a folding table. He was seven foot two, just a giant. And he was sitting there at a folding table signing books. And he was on this side of this table. And the thing I remember when I walked through the door, his knees and his shoes were on the other side of the table where he was sitting down because he, he was just massive. And and it was just like, wow, that's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And then and then also in the 80s. Uh, we, we, in the community I'm in in Ortho County, Kenny Rogers, y'all know Kenny Rogers, you know, the, uh, he's a singer and and a actor. He lived, he, he he had a farm out there in orthop County. He built a massive place out there. It's about four miles from where my house is. It's still there today, and uh, it's and he 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 went in there and bought all this land up and he built, put in an 18-hole golf course and built this big house and barns and and anyway, it just so happened. That we didn't know Kenny Rogers, but we knew his cook. <laughs> his cook was our neighbor. And so she, she'd she been telling us about him one day. She was, anytime he was in town, she was there as a cook. So one Sunday afternoon, she said, Kenny's out of town. She said, if you want to go over, so we can carry you over there to see his place. I said, That'd be awesome. That'd be great. And so, so we got in the car and we go over there. And she said, now I won't be able to take you in the house. She said, but I can show you everywhere else. So she went and showed us all these massive barns, you know, he had barns with riding stables and where, you know, most people would have a wood fence around, you know, inside of the barn. He had brass bars, you know, going around that thing. It was crazy. He had a big swimming pool for his horses that the horses got in. And a side note of that, she was telling us, she said, he'd bought a million dollar Arabian horse. He was going to have this horse, that was, you know, going to make amazing money off stud fees. They put the horse in the swimming pool and he was too dumb to swim and he liked to drown and they had to drag that horse out and save it. And that was just a crazy thing that happened. But anyway, we go back up to the house, and she said, well, we can go look in. Well, we go look in the windows, and all of a sudden, the security guard opens the door. And I went to school with the security guards. So he knew me. He said, y'all come in. And, uh, and he, he, of course, he knew the cook. He said, take him around. So he goes back and sits down. He what He was sitting there watching football. So he goes back to watching football, and she carries all through his house. And it was awesome going through there. And, you know, he had one hallway where on the, on the walls, it was all these gold albums and all these awards that he had won. And just seeing the personal photos of him and his children and, and all that, it, it was crazy, man. It was just the the, the the atmosphere of just being in somewhere where you've, you, you know, just seeing all this stuff that, of, these, of somebody famous like it. You know, it's, and, you know, other thing I mean, I, I personally know Courtney Amanda Chavis. But anyway, all this stuff is cool. But you know Larry Munson had never done anything for me. He never knew who I was. Kenny Rogers could sing, but he didn't know me. He couldn't do anything for me. Kareem Adil-Jabbar, when I walked in, he never even looked up. He just kept sitting there writing them, signing those books. That's what he'd done. He, he He didn't have no time for me. But the creator of the universe... Our God, he knows who I am. He knows who you are. And we can go to him anytime. And we never call him and get an answering service or an answering machine or or a busy signal. He's always there. He's always there for us. That's just, mm. he never gets too busy for us. He's going to bring you through whatever you go through. I'm back to my songs again, back in the, Back in the 70s, the Imperials sang a song that said, he didn't bring us this far to leave us. Remember that one? He didn't teach us to swim to let us drown. He didn't build his home in us to move away. And he didn't lift us up to let us down. I know God is not going to fail us now. He knows us. He's for us. He cares for us. And he's on our side. I know back when I was in middle school, we used to choose up. At lunchtime, we would choose up and play football, and we had one one guy on our that was out there in the playground, his name was Joe Hughes, and he was an awesome athlete. He could stand on his flat feet right there and jump up in the air and turn a flip backwards and land on his feet, and that was just, I just blew our minds he was able to do that, and when we would choose up sides, you know, when you, if we could get Joe on our team, we had a good chance of winning. I used to throw the ball then, so I would always try to choose Joe. If I was choosing, I was going to choose Joe, and I was just going to. Throw that ball to him because he was gone. Nobody could keep up, kept with him. Uh, just a side note on that, Joe. Just a few years after that, after I got a high school, he got killed serving our country. Uh, but, but you know, it's good to have somebody like that on your side, and that's what we have with God. We have a winning someone that can can carry us through all of the things that we might go through, all the things we might face. We have somebody. On our side, and I'm so glad for that. I'm I'm reminded of a story I heard, and, and there was a there was a, a, a old cowboy out west, and he was uh, driving along down a curvy road one day, and he was in his his pickup truck, and he had his trusted his dog in the back back of the pickup, and he was pulling a trailer and had his trusted horse back there, and he was going a little too fast for for the roads and going around all these curves, and all of a sudden he he gets a curve going too fast, and he runs off the road goes out through a field, flips over, and just has a, has a horrible wreck. And um, so a little bit later, trooper, state trooper, came along, comes upon the wreck, and he gets out, and uh, he goes running, running down to where the wreck was at, and the first thing it is, does, he comes to that horse. And this trooper, he's a, you know an avid animal lover, and he, he looks at the horse, and the horse is just just barely breathing. He you know, you knew there was no, had severe injuries, knew no way the horse was going to live. So he, he takes out his service revolver and he puts the horse out of his misery. He goes a little bit further, and he comes to the dog. And the same thing. The dog is just barely, just, just moaning, groaning, severe pain all cut up. So he puts the dog out of his misery. And then he, he goes on a little further, and he finally comes to the cowboy. And the cowboy has been, his bones are broken. He's got multiple fractures. And he, he, he asked the cowboy, he said, man, said, are you All right. And uh, the the cowboy looks at the officer with the smoke still coming out of his gun, and he musters up all the energy that he can, and he says, Man, I've never felt better. And, and, you know, life is like that to us sometimes. You know, we, we might get knocked down and beat up and just nearly destroyed for the things that we go through. But if we could see through God's eyes for a minute and see that we already know that... The end from the beginning, you know, I, I think it, it, in those times like yet, the, the, the devil can come to us and he's just, you know, said, man, I got you right where I want you. I, I think I'll just go ahead and put you out to your misery. But if we can see like God sees, we can say with a surety, man, I have never felt better because I've got God on my side. There's, there's a friend that we have. And in Proverbs, or excuse me, in Psalms, I believe it was the psalmist that said it, he says, in the time of trouble, he will hide me. And I am so glad that we have God on our side and he is a friend, the Bible says, that sticks closer than a brother. And I am glad of that. I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.